You are listening to the podcast that's basically a book club. Welcome to the Book Leggers. Well, 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 well. How are you doing, buddy? Oh, you know, I'm stressed as fuck. You know what I'm saying? I'm we got a giant test tomorrow, and <coughs> I'm drinking my sorrows away. So that's how I've I'm been doing. doing that all week. Mm-hmm. Anyway, welcome to the Bookleggers. Uh, hopefully, this is our final title because I don't know about you, but I'm slowly running out of ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am your host, Jake, and Joel. Last episode, we discussed Dark Rise. This episode, Kings of the Wild. As of right now, I have to say this. We're going back-to-back with pretty great books. Yeah. Yeah, that, yes. Yeah. We got Definitely very lucky. Facts. 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 Facts, facts, facts. Kings of the Wild is the first in author Nicholas Ames' trilogy, The Band. So the next book is Bloody Rose and Outlaw Empire, which they aren't yet, which isn't out yet. Outlaw Empire isn't out yet. Ames is a Canadian author, don't you know? And uh, don't you know, this episode is going to be called Two Guys, One Band, because uh, that's what this book is about. A band. <laughs> that one's pretty bad. Ugh. Oh, gosh. But, all right. I want to run it, though. Straight from his website. He loves black coffee, neat whiskey, and video games. Oh, my God. I was like, is he single? to hang out with this guy. I know. Fuck. I know. It's like, shit. You want to come down? Like, it's right, much I'll, warmer I'll down get, here. I'll get you a beer. Uh, you guys have weird fucking monopoly money up here. We got up there. We got we got real shit down here. We, we got real money. There, isn't, there money isn't there money like waterproof or what? What was that thing yeah, like a couple yeah, years I th- ago? I think it is. Because remember you know what, happens, all the, what yeah. happens if a moose knocks you over? Yeah. And then all all your money gets in the snow. Don't you know? And then you're don't just you know? Hosed, don't you know? We're never going to have any Canadian listeners after this. Don't you know? Sorry. Oh, oh, darn it, eh? Well, Joe, what are you drinking? I uh, I need to send you a picture of this can, actually. I, I am drinking. It is called the Enigma Machine. Oh. It is a smash IPA. I don't exactly know what that means, but as you it will see from the can. Smash. Oh, oh, don't get me excited. It is, uh, listeners, Scooby-Doo themed. It has the mystery <laughs> van on the fucking can. Uh, this nice. is out of uh, Savannah River Brewing Company, which is local uh, here to Augusta. I have given up on Creature Comforts uh, sending the check. So they have not sent it. Oh, that is pretty cool. Savannah River Company. Send the send check. The check. Send it. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that. So, and also, listeners, in case I'm going to narrate to you what a flex label looks like it looks like a Viking had sex with a goat and he's staring at a pile of hops. Yes. So, He's kind of got the visualization of uh, of the characters in the book represented in his beer. Whereas I, if you think about it loosely, what did the uh, what were these guys called? The Mystery Gang? The who? Yeah, who yeah, yeah. it was a band. It was a future band, and, and they uh, hunted monsters. Yeah, so perfect. Look at that tie-in. Boom. Joel has hinted at I got a more appropriate beer. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> Mine is by Trogues Independent Brewing Company. And they're from Hershey, Pennsylvania. And so they are they local. got chocolate, eh? They, I, no, they have no, no chocolate. No chocolate. It's all, it's all coconuts. Awesome. Uh, the little known fact about Hershey, they are the leading coconut producer. <laughs> <laughs> don't, fuck don't you, Florida. Up. Yeah, fuck you, Florida. Yeah, there's no stat um, checking on this podcast. 
None at all. We're not about facts. We're about opinions. Uh, and this is the Troganator, which is a double Bach beer. And uh, malty and crisp, traditional yet timeless. Mm. A rebel with the sweet side. This delicious dark double Bach calls so much grain we had to custom build our brew house around it. Layered with notes of smooth caramel, stone fruit, and fresh toasted grains. All right, you douchebags. You, you guys didn't have to flex like that. All right, relax. Yeah. So as we explained in episode one, we're going to either have a book or a third a book. I'll record our takes on the first chapters, give our predictions where we think the next chapters are going. Repeat. All while we record our reactions, uh, we discuss new developments, and at the ultimate finish of the book, we'll release all the episodes, so that way you listeners will have immediate gratification on how wrong we actually were. You're fucking welcome. You're welcome. Which we weren't that wrong on the first one, but we were still... Uh, what do you we were, mean we weren't? <laughs> I mean, I'm really holding on to the whole unicorn thing. Because we got like one aspect of it. It's not like we guessed who the unicorn was. We just guessed that there was one. <laughs> yes, and I have no idea what you did, but it sounds like a machine gun going off. Are you in Ukraine? <laughs> <laughs> what did you just do? I just moved my mic. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Are you in Ukraine? <laughs> Jesus. We stand with Ukraine. I Fucking think we should right. make that. We should make that very clear. Fuck you, Vlad. Yeah, I'm not gonna say anything mean because I don't want him to like, I don't know, hit our VPN or something. But <laughs> yes, we we specifically would get targeted. <laughs> yes, but yeah. So once we're wrong, you guys will hopefully get a laugh. But we're gonna break down what we think of the world, the characters, and the conflicts that they face and overcome, or maybe even succumb to. So last time we definitely got to the main climax. Uh, however, I think we both agree that we ran to a very good, very high quality cliffhanger. At chapter 23. I, I don't know if I would call it high quality, honestly. You know, it's it's a cliffhanger, but like, you know, by happenstance with Dark Rise, we, we, we perfectly stopped at like the pendulum of the whole book. We did. Yeah, we did. This is definitely Here, not the pendulum. No. It is a good cliffhanger. I would say, but it is like the first trial. It's like the first moment where the bad guy is like, fuck you guys. Yes. And... So I think that that, in sense, because, like, part one of the book is basically getting the boys back. So I'm pretty pleased, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But first off, we're going to talk about world building, uh, which is something we highlighted in the first episode. You know, we think it's a huge deal to fantasy novels. Uh, Too little, and we think that you just feel left out, and too much, and you feel bogged down. So I might have an unpopular opinion on this, but I feel like Kings of the Wild, in, like, the traditional sense, hardly has any world building. Because, don't hate on me just yet, I think the characters are more interesting than the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't and matter. Because, like, if you put Saga in Lord of the Rings, the same shit would happen. <laughs> right. But as far as the world building, we think, I, I mean, I, this is what I wrote. This is like a direct quote. I was like, you put the Saga's washed up old dudes in any fantasy story looking for Gabe's daughter, and they would act the same. Drink the same, fight the same. And everything the same. Yeah, and and honestly, which this is, I guess this is me kind of throwing shade at uh, other authors, but his character development is so good that you you don't need in their interactions with each other, in their interactions with like all the kind of miscellaneous characters that appear throughout. We don't we don't need this super creative, super detailed world to enjoy the book, right? It's part of which. Don't no one shit on me. Okay, <laughs> I love Lord of the Rings. All right, 
But part of the appeal of Lord of the Rings is like, yes, the characters are good, but the environment, the world building in Lord of the Rings is fucking amazing. It's yes. absolutely incredible. This book does not need that. And I, <laughs> no. <laughs> and I think if it had more extensive world building, there would be less time for the author to, you know, kind of add in all these little details, all these little side chats that the characters have with each other. Yeah, and I actually wanted to point that in. So everything's through Clay's perspective, and Clay has side chats with us. Yes. As the book is happening, as characters are having side chats with themselves, as events are occurring. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's pretty unique, and I think you have to have actually truly great characters to be able to just fucking let that fly. Yes. And I actually wrote down in here somewhere you know, that my first initial notes, I was like, God, I love that Clay uses these parentheses to break the fourth wall. Cause it's really funny. Cause like Clay is like gruff, but he is funny as hell. He is really funny. And I think I don't, it might've been the first sentence. It was in like the first paragraph. Like he, the author did such a good job of immediately setting the tone that Clay is washed up. Cause remember yes. the scene, he's like walking home from work He's like old and tired and like bent over, but like behind him is this like a really strong shadow, right? Looks big, looks tough, looks kind of mean. And that represents the shadow of Clay's life, right? Like he used to be that guy, but he's married. He's got a ball and chain. He's got a daughter that likes frogs. Lots of frogs. And as the wetland guy, we love frogs on this podcast. I I like to say that I'm a DILF. Damn, I love frogs. I was about to say, you're you're (laughs) (laughs) like, wait. No, no, but you're totally right with how he did that. And it's also funny because, like, looking back, I know we've only come like 200 pages or whatever it is, but that seems like it's almost like a different clay now. Like, we've come so far in this old man journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somehow he's still groaning the same. Like, his back still hurts just the same. Him being around all his, his, his band is minus what apparently sounds like numerous bards. He seems to be turning into a different character as we speak. He does. That's probably a prediction. We'll talk about that later. Yes, 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 yes. I have I have a couple good questions for you at the end of this. Ooh, okay. At least I think they're good. Watch the big total shit. And and so I know we just. Tra- <laughs> I'm sorry. Just <laughs> real quick pause. <laughs> I'm just now saying. So listeners at home, uh, when we do this, Flex sends me an email that has the uh, the link. Yes. for us to talk. Uh, and just now, <laughs> as we've been in this call for about 20 minutes, <laughs> I'm noticing the subject <laughs> of his email, which says, and I quote, fuck our real jobs. <laughs> yes, fuck the real jobs. I don't want it. And I don't think you do either. No. Anyway, I hope this blows up. Or at least has a small niche community of loyal followers. <laughs> Uh, but yeah so i know we we trash talked uh a little bit of the world building but i think you hit the nail on the head i think i kind of came at it with like a a big mallet and you hit it with a little bit more precision precision of a surgeon because like like you said there is a lot of subtle world building and Mm -hmm. you know as the story progresses all that subtle world building grows too i mean we haven't really seen anything like you know mythical until last leaf comes into the meeting riding a, a wyvern, you know? And then all of a sudden, like, the sense the world is, you know, growing as the story is progressing, as the band's getting back together. Because, like, we've heard about, 
you know, at this point in the novel, you know, the things they used to fight, like how they used to fight them. You know, we haven't seen that many things. All of a sudden, like, boom, you know, we've met a, a druin and we have a huge wyvern that also snatches a character up in a very funny way. Yeah. But every time that the band, you know, shakes the rust off, I think we learn more and more about magic, you know, the way they fight. And, and most importantly, and I think like a theme throughout this whole novel is the way that the world's changing around them and uh which i i do really appreciate that theme and they're not hiding it like they're addressing it right because they're i don't know what would you they're 40s or 50s something like that probably uh, yeah i mean uh, knowing this time period that this took place in you know they're probably they're probably like 20 no um, (laughs) 16 no Uh, i feel like definitely like i think 50s like 40s and 50s because like you have to admit like because he says he what was it he says he clay was like i started doing this in 18 or something something like that yeah so you gotta they've have a lot of accomplishments so you know you give that like 20 years you're at like 38 you probably had a kid you know at like 40 you know uh, anyway i don't i don't uh, so the other thing about the world building that i wanted to point out is that and i don't know about you but i wrote this early this like little quote that I'm going to say that I typed up. I'm so excited to figure out the monsters that these guys are going to face. And I'm also kind of worried for them. <laughs> yeah. Cause and, kind of picking back off what, uh, what you just said with the, you know, it hasn't really been that mystical until the villain shows up on his wire in his wern, whatever you say that. Yeah. Wyvern. That's what I'm going know. with. They do throughout up until this point in the book, you know, and they like kind of like casually throw in, oh, we fought this monster. There are these monsters that exist or whatever. But when yeah. they see this, whatever you call it, they're all <laughs> amazed. They're like, oh, oh, shit. Like, shit, that's a big deal that he's riding that thing. Right. Like, it's immediately a bigger deal than the airships that they've unearthed. Yeah, just casually. And and even that had uh, our boy Mog in a tizzy. And then all of a sudden the Wyvern comes out and he's super excited. Yep. We, we're going to get into who our favorite character is in a second. So right now in chapter 23, and this is a bit of a spoiler, but I think this whole podcast is involving spoilers. Yes. Everything I wrote was pre-Chimera. Or Chimera, however you want to say it. Oh, yeah, so Chimera. when that thing fucking came out, I was so hyped. I was like, oh God, yes. This mm-hmm. is what I'm talking about. And it was like such foreshadowing that I didn't even see. I like to think that we were pretty smart with Dark Rise. Because we, we talked about how they see the beast for a second. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, that's like a later chapter, probably. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like 30, 35, maybe 40, like when they get there. Not like it's going to meet them halfway through the adventure. Mm-hmm. So that was, I think that was a very highlight. And I really appreciated how Ames worked that in. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, kind of like we used to just like the foreshadowing that like you don't even, you don't even think about, right? When they're you don't going think to think about like, it because they're too witty. Right. They're way too fucking witty the whole time. You're distracted by what they're mm-hmm. saying. You know, I mean, I've never had a novel where someone died by a rattlesnake weapon. You oh, know, I was almost erect when that happened. Like that was, uh-huh. it was something else, right? That was something, something else. Something else. And I feel like, you know, that was another moment where like, cause they were kind of like an older, but newer, like you can tell that the quality is dropping off in a way. Oh yeah. Significantly. But at the same time, it's, it's not like necessarily a quality drop off. It's sort of like a shift in what's needed right but we'll get into that when we start talking about the conflicts and the plots and all that right off the back compared to last episode this character structure as we previously stated is completely different 
you know, the band itself is the character, and this group of wacky, washed-up old men are just hilarious. And so, at the end of this, we're going to have to pick a favorite. I think that's the only mm-hmm. way to do it. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. We'll see how see how close we are. But so, I made a list, and we're going to run down that one. Okay. And feel free to add anything you want. So we're starting off with Clay, easily the main protagonist. It's everything yep. is told through his perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that stuck out to me the most at first was the fact that this dude's signature weapon oh is my a shield. God. A shield called Blackheart. Oh my God. And the story about getting it was hilarious. Ugh. And badass all at the same time. Yes, he fucking killed a tree thing. And then treant or whatever they're called harvests its corpse and yes. made a fucking shield out of it. Which, as we learn later, is pretty much like invulnerable. Yes, it is. Even though it's made of wood, it's definitely not fireproof. It's definitely able to withstand a lot of shit. So I'm excited. I really hope that shield doesn't break. And I really want to do a shout out to the cover. Because I think it captures all their signature weapons pretty goddamn well. It does. It and really does. Blackheart is just looks beat to hell. And I, I made a note. I was like, he killed the clown band with a rattlesnake. Like, come on. Like, right. Yeah. And and that goes into into our boy Mog. What a guy. What a fucking guy. I, I wrote this bricked up wizard is hilarious. <laughs> And like, like shout out to Nicholas for like breaking like the the mage paradigm, right? Like, yes. Like the mage in all these books are always like really smart and really wise and real serious. And yada yada. And there's fucking move Mook. He's introduced to us in pajamas. But and he remains in pajamas up until chapter twenty three. He just got new clothes. <laughs> new clothes. All he has is a fucking sack. He does not have a signature weapon as of this point. It is a sack. Is his signature weapon? Yep. I, I wrote down, you know, that he is more than just comic relief, though. The serious backstory, uh, you know, his husband being eaten by the rot, which is the thing yeah, they risk every time they go into the heart wild. Depressing. And now him suffering from it all the while he's trying to cure it. I fucking love this dude. Yeah, I do too. He, yeah. I mean, he really, which like the whole book is like comedic relief, honestly, but Moog is like the epitome of comedic yeah. relief. And that's perfect in the form of the mage, because I, I mean, I really haven't, I can't remember a book that I've read where that's the case. Yeah. They're always like wise or mysterious. This right. guy's like, yo, let me tell you about that. But what was it? A bugabear? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> And, it, and he's just full of random dumb facts. He never takes anything serious, and he's always excited for life. I don't yes. know. He's, we, we'll, we'll say who our favorites are, but uh, he's definitely a strong running for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next, we're going to go to our edgelord, uh, Gabe. Um, <laughs> at first, I, was, I wasn't I was really a, a big fan of Gabe. Golden Gabe, as he used to be called. You know, I was saying he's you know he's this really sad, depressed guy. It was just sad. His wife left him, and she has like a huge scratch drug habit. Mm-hmm. However, it started to change because I feel like chapter eighteen we really start seeing more of him. Like he's got his friends with him. He's starting to like shed the, the sadness, and then we see this relationship with the kobolds and how he gets mad at the wife's mistreatment. Mm-hmm. And then I started to realize I was like, I feel like Gabe just his, the people that he loves to him matter more to him than his own life. And that's just the the, the downright gritty truth about Gabe. 
And I feel like with Gabe, he, of all the band members, he, he was the one that was most affected, but like mentally most affected by the breakup. Yeah, yeah, definitely him. Because like Moog's doing okay. Like, yes, his husband died, and like that's sad, but like Moog's doing fine. He had his ED, so the, the whole bricked out thing, he had his ED medicine that he was posting everywhere and <laughs> apparently worked very well. <laughs> Clay's married with a kid. Moog has his business going. Matrick was a fucking king. Chilling. Yeah, Matrick was a king, even though he was. A, <laughs> yeah, we'll get into him. Yeah, he was a cuck, but you know, it's just. Ganleon is an interesting Ganleon. I don't know how to fucking say that name. Ganalon. Yeah, Gain Ganalon. Uh, sure, gains a lot. <laughs> uh, no, but the thing that I did find funny about Gabe was just obviously he sold Velacor. And Clay was super pissed when we found out about it. Because that seems like like if there was like loot in this game, that is like the loot. Yes. You know, like that is the weapon that you then beat the whole thing with if this was a game. Old what's his name? Nicholas. He has a knack for weapon origin stories. Yes, Between yes, he does. Clay's Black Heart and Velicor, the sword that was handed to him by an immortal being that used the sword to carve his way from another world. Yeah. So say so, yeah, thank you. I I didn't even I over I overlooked that bit. <laughs> Just a minor detail. Uh, just a minor detail. And that's how the Druins came to be in our mm-hmm. realm. He sold that. And so obviously Chloe's fucking pissed. And yeah, then that, we finally that meet scene the was hilarious. Yeah, it was hilarious. And just him being like, what the fuck? Like, that was like the one thing you don't do. Mm-hmm. And so then the orc has it. Yep. Who also took his wife. Fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. And now there's a bounty on their heads because they tried to get it back and it did not go well. Well, I mean, yeah, oh, we'll get, I'm yeah. sure we'll get into that in the conflict. Yes. Yeah. This guy's yeah. real name is uh, Calarek. Yes, Calarek. Calarek the orc and just huge. He's a wreck. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, huge D-bag. Huge, 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 huge. But not Gabe, because we're starting to like Gabe a lot. Starting and then like the it. other thing that I want to talk about Gabe is, so when we're in the fight, you know, they're in, I forget what it's fucking called right now. God damn it. The, the arena. I, I don't The arena, yeah. yeah. Whatever it's, called. it's not called um, that, guys. It's called something fancier, but. Yeah. Gabe is like the first to fucking go. Mm-hmm. The Maxilathon. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's called. The Maxathon. Doug Dimadome. <laughs> Doug Dimadome. He's the first to go in. And he totally, it doesn't go that well, but it goes well. So, like, Gabe is definitely the leader. And I think we're starting to see him more and more of him. Anyway, I can keep I, talking about him because I do like him now. I hated him in the beginning. really like him now. And I think this is kind of, I mean, you said it, you know, he's back with his friends and all that. But, yeah, this is, you know, the life he loved was, you know, running around with this band and, you know, being the heroes and being the celebrities and all that. His life has sucked ass for, like, the last... 10 or 20 years. I think it's been 20 years is what they say in the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, and then he's just been hoarding gold, obviously not for himself. Right. Lost his daughter, lost his wife, which that's the interesting thing about it now that he had all that gold. But I mean, he, Clay makes well, a comment like early in the book that he looks homeless. Like every time that Gabe has come to see Clay, he looks terrible. Every time. Well, that is because he's been trying to get Gamelon. Game Jesus, Ganelon. Get Ganelon out of prison the whole time. 
Because he's been saving up all the gold. Because remember, they're like, holy shit, that is a fuck ton of gold. Mm-hmm. Also, real quick, because I just remembered it. Do you know if Gabe still has like the rocks in his sack? I'm assuming he does. I'm assuming he does, too. I'm assuming they're not rocks. Think? I have no idea. At the, with Nicholas Ames writing this book, but I feel like they have to be more. Like I'm, I'm expecting them to be something more, because like he puts the rocks back in his bag. Well, right, but he explains. Or do you that think if oh, Rose he, is dead? Right, yeah, he explains uh, they're his it. favorite rocks. Oh my god, right. I totally overlooked that. Well, thank you for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I'm here for. Co-host of the fucking year. Co-host. That's. I'm. A, I will send you a beer. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so next character down the list, Matrick. I said by far the funniest backstory. Just it's hilarious. He got he got honey potted. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did get honey potted. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean seriously, from from the chapter where where we meet Matrick to the point where where they get him out, it's fucking hilarious i have never and this is an exaggeration i have never laughed that hard at a book ever like normally it's in you know like you laugh but it's like in your it's like a little like a normal person it's in your brain right it's in your mind you get a chuckle and you're good but i literally laughed when we got to that part oh yeah it's like get me the fuck out of here It hit. Uh, I know we'll get to the scene, but like, <laughs> just when he started, they're like, "What about your kids?" It's like my fucking kids, and then he just goes down the list. <laughs> goes down the list about how they're not his kids, and meanwhile, Clay's been narrating like, "God, he's a really good father." <laughs> the whole time. Oh God. The whole time they're eating that breakfast, and then his wife comes in, the queen, and he's just like. Why is she being this way? And then, you know, you figure it out pretty fast once Magic um, starts listing the actual fathers. Hello? Oh, did you drop? I don't know. Did you drop? It got really quiet for a second. Apparently you dropped. I didn't drop shit. Well, what was the last thing you heard me say? The only, thing I'm, that. only thing I'm dropping is my ass. Um, yeah, drop that thing back. <laughs> the last thing I heard was, now I can't remember because you asked me. Um, no, it's okay. Talking about Matrick, how Gabe was, or not Gabe, Clay was like, he's such a good father. Yeah, and then pretty much he's the not a dinner, father. He is not the father. And then that's what's so funny about the the Wyvern, Wyvern, whatever you want to go talk about snatching. Um, was it Obalon, who's actually a father of one of his uh, kids? Yep, Lilith's kids. I don't know. It was just hilarious and. He just drinks and eats cake and pie. <laughs> like, yep. Like, if I was a king, I'd probably do that. What was that one scene? I can't remember what they were doing or where they were, but they like, he was like, Yeah, I've been eating pie every day. And they're like, You eat a pie every, every day? day? Yeah. And, he's and like, then, yeah. And then Mog's like, Oh my God, I've never seen that much gold. And he like looks to Matrick and he's like, I mean, I had a castle. <laughs> 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 And you're like, yeah, Matrix's been living the good life in a way. Mm-hmm. But I think we got to talk about it while we're talking about his characters. His wife, Lilith, is trying to gig it so he can't sire any child. So I think that means like she's not having sex with him. I think he even says that um, anymore, even though they started doing that. And she's trying to make sure that the kingdom goes to her children. 
of various descent. And her current bodyguard is definitely the one who gets her pregnant. Uh, and she announces that to the whole band, <laughs> minus Can Leon at that breakfast. Okay, fine. and I think that was the straw that broke Matrix's back. Yep, she's not even like clever about hiding it. Like when we meet, I don't even remember what the yeah he was shirtless. He was fucking shirtless, and even yeah. Clay was like, mm. she's wearing nothing really. She's wearing nothing. He's shirtless. Yeah, why are they here together? He knows. Why is Matrick about to be assassinated? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, because I forgot. We need to talk about that, I guess. So they, when they meet him, they're being chased by the orc because Gabe tried to he tried to take the sword back and they ended up stealing the golem stones because Clay just punched him in the face. <laughs> yep. Amazing scene. They give the golems to a farmer. Yep. A random-ass farmer now has probably golems that he could never afford to help him with stuff. Yep. And I love how, how Clay's just like, eh, don't use them in the daylight. Yeah, just just give it a little bit. You know, it's like yeah, a stolen car. Just let it let it cool off. You know what I'm saying? Let it sit for a little bit. These guys are hot. Maybe paint some rust on them. You know. <laughs> change, change the plates out. Change the plates. And so then they finally catch back up to him after they've talked to Moog, or Mog, however you want to call him. And he's like, go upstairs, go upstairs, because they're coming. Also, can we talk about the fact that he has a talking doorknob? R.I.P. Yeah, he, that, well, I don't think he's dead, but I, I like yeah. to think, I like to think that he could be remade. Yeah, I'm sure he could. But he's totally dead. It's fucking um, mood we're talking about, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, he's got a magic vacuum sack. <laughs> <laughs> Complete with a cactus. Yeah, and if you act as his husband, he probably had a magic sack as well. Hey. Uh, hey. And so then they go upstairs, and I know we're back on, on our boy Moog, but he has the spiders all in the ceiling and and Clay and Gabe are like, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, those are my pets. <laughs> they keep the bats? <laughs> they, they keep the bats away and when they bite you, you turn invisible. Now let's jump into this mirror real quick. Where's it going to go? I don't really know. And then they they end up being like, oh, it's to that kingdom that we saved with Matrick who got married to the princess. And then, boom, they end up falling on the queen, uh, queen's assassin, attempting to kill him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's how we got introduced to our boy, Magic. And Moog, as well. And, and, spoiler alert, and they all had boners. They did. They did. It was quite amazing. But also, the dude has two daggers, Roxy and Grace. This is his signature weapons. Again, and another the, amazing origin story. Yeah, and he fucking loves those things. I mean, the amount of times he's kissed them is yes. hilarious to me. I also love that he was a thief. And then they're like, hey, man, you're cool. Why don't you stay with us? Yeah, and he's like, okay, cool. The The As, origin story of him naming his two prized weapons after the two prostitutes that he lost his virginity <laughs> to. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it was just hilarious because this man is king now. Yep. And it's apparently a really good king. Yeah, by all accounts, is a is a really good king. <laughs> and this man named his two daggers after, after two prostitutes. prostitutes. Uh, he's been great. When he says anything, I know I'm going to get a chuckle. Yes. So then, the last member of the band, besides as we stated, the numerous bards that have died, <laughs> is Ganleon, who we mentioned. Ganlon. Say it with me. Ready? Gan. Galon. No. Gan. Gan Lion. G- Ganalon. There's no A in there. What are you Game on. I listen to the audiobook, okay? I don't Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you might have me. 
That's, that's how it is proof. enunciated in the, Gam, what, in right, the reading one of more it. Time, one more time. And so it's Moog. It's Moog. It's definitely Mug. It's Moog. It's Smog's gay cousin. <laughs> Moog and, and Ganleon. No. Gain, no. Ganleon. Anyway. Anyway, moving on. So he was the last to be rewrited because he was trapped in stone after murdering the Sultan's prince and he's been trapped for 20 years in time. So he is the only exception to the washed up old dudes. (laughs) And he also has a really fucking sick weapon. Yeah, he does. Now, now, you listen to the audiobook, so please tell me what the fuck it's called. I couldn't tell you. God damn it. You're the welcome. Syrinx. Something like that. Syrinx? Um, yeah, Syrinx. It is fucking sick, and the fact that when he swings the weapon, it chants in like an untold language. And it's interesting that it, it only does that when he holds does it. Does it. Yeah, so I think it has something to do with his bloodline, because clearly Ooh. they've kind of hinted that he's like... Because he was what? He was like um, Kashgar. He's like half, yeah, he's half Northman, half yeah. something. Something. And he's got like the, the green eyes. And, and anyway, I I think he has most to show us, but it's also because he's the youngest. So I better see a lot from him. And, and I, I think when they fight the Chimera, sorry to interrupt you, but when, when they fight the Chimera, you know, he, he definitely is, is carrying some weight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you know, the kind of, like building up to going to get Ganelon because obviously, like he's the last one you get. They build up that a that he was by far the best fighter amongst yes. them. That like yeah, he, he was just born that. to fight. Yeah. And well, more like, did they say fight or kill? Kill. He was yeah. born to kill. Yeah. He doesn't fight. Yeah. He kills people. And the whole worry the whole time that they're going there is like this motherfucker is going to kill us. Like, yes. There, there's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. There's like a ninety percent chance that when we get him, he just murders all of us. And I don't know. Let's let's talk about about this real quick. How do you feel about like? Do you feel bad for Ganelon, or do you kind of understand? Oh, I get why he what? fucking killed him. Oh um, no, 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 I get why Ganelon killed the dude. But do you like? Are you are you upset I mean, with I the rest of the band have, for would, like abandoning Ganelon? Right, here I am. I've just killed the Sultan's prince. Mm-hmm. You, Nick, Fox, shout out to those guys. Shout out. Have all left me for your own lives. Uh-huh. I'd probably be like, man, I probably should have consulted with them first, but I'm still pissed. Yeah, but like that's what I appreciate when they, you know, actually when they get him out of the stone is like he's like, I mean, you know, I did all that stuff by myself. And yeah, you know, the way I see it, the crime was done, the punishment was served, we're chilling. Yeah, he's a better man than me somehow. Oh yeah, because uh, I'd be bit. like, "You guys fucking left me." I'd be like, "I've been stoned, and not in a good way." <laughs> Boo! Boo! That was a bad one. <laughs> I, I've been full of the bad ones. No, no, you're, you're just popping with the dad jokes today. I know. Well, I told you, I'm wetland well daddy. <laughs> I hope that doesn't come back to haunt me. Totally. Um, he is definitely, like I said, definitely have a lot of respect for the guy. I almost think that like the second book has to be with him involved. Ganelon? Yeah. But oh, yeah. I mean we haven't even gotten that part yet, so I, I can't even assume. But there's there's gotta be a tie in to him because like A he has a magical weapon. They all have like slightly magical weapons. Magic by far has the most fucking normal shit. Mm-hmm. RIP to that guy as far as the weapon assignments went. Yeah. 
But it's definitely Gabe and Ga- Ga- whatever his name is. Gamelon. Gamelon. <laughs> that have the best, um, like, lead. I don't know. I don't want to say, like, legendary weapons, but they're definitely the most unique. Clay has by far the best weapon, though, because I love the shield. Yeah. That, um, yeah. Yeah. And so I put one more character on the list, and he's not part of the band. I think we need to talk about him. Uh, Last Leaf. And I wrote that he is the baddie. Dog, he's my favorite villain that I've read about in a long time. Yeah, he's really good. And I think it's funny because, like, he starts monologuing and Clay's like, yeah, I fucking get it. Yeah, I mean, like, you do, like, you hear his monologue, you're like, uh, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, that's no, all, that, not wrong. that makes sense. Yeah, I get why you are fucking pissed. Mm-hmm. I get it. And even Clay's like, yeah, like, this shit's a little whack. Like, yep. I don't know why they're doing this. And I guess that this is a great time to talk about the change in the world because, like, the bands used to, like, go out and hunt the monsters for the, the towns and the cities and try and make it so that the humans were safer. And then they did the job a little too well. We would have an issue right now in, in our current world because I'd probably say that they, they've hunted some stuff to extinction. Mm-hmm. But they did their jobs way too well. And so now, without having to go out into the Heartwild, which is... Uh, basically a character on its own you know it's like this big divide that separates the world of man and mm-hmm. the world of the monsters uh they don't have to go into the heart wild anymore they bring the monsters they breed the monsters and then they fight in these arenas and the new bands are basically like rock stars mm-hmm. i think we're learning you know right now at chapter 23 we are currently learning about the skill gap in what that means oh yeah um, but we're also learning that clay's like i get why they do it which yeah. is like the other thing I think that lastly really, you know, I know he keeps referencing time and that it's in a loop and all this shit. He keeps being like, things aren't right now, but they're also like going to be right shortly. And I think yeah. the reason why he's like entertaining the games, the, the arena is because he's like, he knows that he needs to keep some humans happy and mm-hmm. he needs to also keep his horde happy, which is something we should probably talk about soon. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just another yeah. character in itself. Yeah. The, yeah. So he has this huge horde outside of Conthus full of monsters, and it's like unlike anything anybody's ever seen before. And that is where Rose is, which is basically the pivotal point, or I guess the pivotal action sequence, because everything that is happening in this novel is to get Rose from Conthus. Mm hmm. And I think that the other thing that we need to talk about with Last Leaf is that he has three fucking magical swords. Yeah. And yes. they they all sound badass. Yes. And, and we really I, haven't even seen any of them. No, we've only seen the one, and Clay seems to be absolutely scared shitless of yeah. the third one, the last yeah. one. And this man has pretty much been like, I can come out of retirement and deal with a lot of things. And that seems to be the one thing that he's like, no, I don't think that's going to fly. Yep, that, so, that ain't it. I'm really excited for when that sword gets unsheathed. Will I be worried? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The thing that I find interesting about Last Leaf, though, is the Druins and how he's part of the race that came through using Velocor and sort of turning the world into what it is today. Because without them, there wouldn't be like the the cities and there was no reason for man to kind of become what they are now. Right. And because so, yeah, they didn't really ever say right that like they they weren't mean to 
men, right? I mean, by all accounts, they were like pretty decent. Yeah, I think they were like pretty good. I think eventually, what happened? They they rose up and they were like, ah, it could be better. And then they ended up killing each other, fighting it out, and killing each other, and and then somehow the the band rolled up and Gabe killed Lastleaf's father and gave Lastleaf the scar on his eye. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, there's there is a lot of backstory there, so I guess that that is you know where that subtle world building comes up. It's just uh, overshadowed by the uh, by the comedy. <laughs> yes, and I'm okay with it. Oh, I'm I'm so okay with it. I yeah, some, this, fun, some funnies in my life. This book is funny, and it's in the perfect time I think in our lives that yes. we're reading it mm-hmm. because it is hilarious, and I hope that we do it justice all right so right now story it's amazing it's like an oceans level shit show when that first came out like it is unique i haven't read a book this funny in the fantasy genre in a while Mm -hmm. i've read like attempts at funny Mm -hmm. i think this one's hilarious i will reference this book as like a benchmark but like lies lock the more is funny yeah but i wasn't laughing no out loud while I was reading the book. I was just smirking to myself right. and thinking that that was clever or that was funny. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a lot of other things I felt, so maybe that had something to do with it. But nothing has ever been this nonstop. And it kind of is funny that we did Dark Rise, which is like obviously in the title a much darker story. And this one has been basically about just getting the boys back together. Yes. I don't know about you, but I feel like I relate to that in a way now that we both are sort of on our own path. Yeah. Uh, listeners, for, for those that you don't know, Fleck and I are best friends because we both uh, we played college lacrosse together. So so we are also washed up, which I think is yes. in part why we we relate to this book uh, a little so too well. much, maybe. But uh, what I think the author does such a good job of is he really he accurately portrays a, a guy a group of guy friends relationship like it's not it's not yeah. nice it's not us you know saying nice things to you know each other all the time it's like hey you fucking loser like you know it's just a lot of shit talking we gotta um, go yeah just a lot of and i love it is it's perfect yeah no he really nailed the whole group of dudes and then the thing is at the end of the day no matter what they say to each other no matter what they do to each other they're all got each other's backs more than anything and i think we're we we find that with like like moog's willingness to be like fuck yeah i'm in no questions asked let's go i know and and i like the same thing ganleon's like i get it let's go yep and i like how he's like tying the author's tying it into uh, now clay's like feeling like kind of guilty he's like wow like i'm the only guy that was like that was kind I don't of like, know. Ah. yeah. But also, like, if we talk about it though, Clay is like the only one who kind of like was like, "I'm not living in the shadow." I know he was living in the shadow, but like he was okay with it because right. like he yeah. met. Yeah. Clay yeah. was the only one of the band that was satisfied with his life, with his current yeah. life. He may not have liked it, but he was like, "It's not that bad." Right. Yeah, Clay. Clay's been an interesting main character and a much more reliable narrator as well. <laughs> Glad you're not <laughs> not upset about that still. No, I am, I am not. Uh, he definitely has been guiding us through this story. I think that we need to take note, though, because basically, I think one of the favorite things from a character that wasn't part of the band 
was when the Silk Arrows and Jane robbed them for the second time. <laughs> and they're all just fucking chilling. And they're chilling, and they made them Making breakfast. breakfast, just hanging out. And they're like, if you don't wake up anytime soon, you might not get any. Yep. And I think that's amazing. I think the characters are carrying this whole book. I think the side characters are carrying this whole book. I mean, even the Screeching Eagles give you, like, a laugh. <laughs> like... And and they are the fucking worst. It's just that interaction was fucking hilarious. He was like, "They are TikTok incarnate." Like, they, oh my god, they are TikTok incarnate. Yeah, they're they're like a boy band who just got famous and now wants to off of YouTube and now wants to do um, UFC fights. Um, I mean, they are the worst. <laughs> I'll laugh if that gets me in trouble somehow. And even. Um, their really brief interaction with the screeching eagles when Clay's like, how about you and the screaming eagles just go somewhere else? And he's like, it's the screeching eagles. And it's Clay's like, screeching. are you sure? I- Have you ever heard an eagle? They don't screech. <laughs> they don't screech. Oh my god. And yes, and then that ch- that ending to that chapter was amazing. Yes, with the foreshadowing of like, hey, I'm not worried about Ganelon yet because he like hasn't set his beard down. And then ha- yep. I'm trying to think of how it. it this is oh, roughly yeah. exactly how Clay it ended. heard the quiet but ominous thud of Ganelon setting his beard down yeah. on the table. And then the opening and then there's like an average, the- yeah, but there's like a larger than average paragraph spacing in between this and the next thing of. The story of how the riot house burned <laughs> to the ground was chronicled by several bards, a few of which were actually present on the night in question. And even those privileged few, however, were accused of distorting the truth, embellishing facts in an attempt to promote their accounts as the definitive version of the event. Mm-hmm. And we don't actually find out what happened, but it is hilarious. Is it true that the renegade king was responsible for the fire? The song Drinking and Dragons proposed that after consuming a quantity of liquor sufficient to render a small giant impotent, he vomited onto a candle and set an entire table ablaze. Others maintain that Arcandius Moog was at fault. The wizard had celebrate alchemist allegedly summoned an elemental ifrit to resolve in an argument about whether demons are hatched or naturally born. A futile gesture. <laughs> Anyway, they burned the goddamn riot house down, which has been standing since they were back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then, oh yeah, and then we got to talk about it because it is the saddest part about it. Regardless of its origin, the resulting fire brought about the end of an era. The riot house was never rebuilt, and among its ashes, there remains but a single testament <laughs> to its decades of debauched existence. A small, innocuous tombstone to mark the grave of what remarkably was the night's single, unfortunate casualty. A man known simply as Pete. <laughs> the right. inscription reads as followed. When we seek to rule only ourselves, we are each of us kings. That dude lived in the bar and cleaned it up. R.I.P. Pete. R.I.P. R.I.P. A king among men. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was so funny when the Screeching Eagles and them fought. But also the thing is, the fact that they didn't, the Screeching Eagles didn't die does give them a little credit. Um, yeah. They probably got their shit beat, though, and I'm excited to hear oh, them yeah. talk about that. Mm-hmm. But I guess we need to talk about the plot. Yeah, a little bit. The plot. So Joel and I ended up having way too much fun talking about the characters of this book. So please join us for our first three-part episode. Part two will be the rundown of the plot, and part three will be the epic conclusion of Kings of the Wild. Thank you for listening, and keep reading.